Hey friends, this is Rick Lee James. I am so glad that you are listening to this podcast today, and I want to ask a favor of you. You know, this podcast is free, and it's always going to be free, but we do have a lot of costs around here. Not only making podcasts, but making new music, paying for production costs, website fees, hosting fees, doing research, marketing, materials, and so much more. And you can help us with that if you visit patreon.com slash James, where for as little as a dollar a month or even a one-time donation, you can help me to continue doing the work that I'm doing. It would mean so much, and it takes such a very little amount of your time. So if you have a chance, go to patreon.com slash James and thank you in advance for any help that you can give. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, a songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more with friends, colleagues, and sometimes just by myself. Now make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes or by tweeting at me at Rick Lee James on Twitter. And please join my mailing list at rickleejames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. And by the way, in case you're interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at Mr. Rogers Say, where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the voices in my head. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of Voices in My Head. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I'm so glad that you're here with us again for another podcast visit. Rooted in Chicago's Community Christian Church, pastored by Dave Ferguson, community music is comprised of worship leaders from the church's 11 campuses. Led by Brazilian-born husband and wife team Lucas and Evelyn Cortazio since 2013, the collective is closely aligned with New Thing, a church planting network created by Community Christian Church representing more than 3,000 congregations internationally. The Cortazios and Community Music lead worship annually at the Exponential Conference and also hosts songwriting workshops for worship leaders from across the country and around the world. Lucas and Evelyn Cortazio have both stopped by the podcast today for a visit, and I'm so glad that we have a chance to be able to share together. So Lucas and Evelyn, welcome to Voices in My Head. Oh, Rick, thank you so much for having us. I think that was like the kindest (laughs) intro we've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, it's really good to have you both on the show. And and, uh, just before uh, you came on, actually, through my computer speakers, I was listening again uh, to Nothing He Can't Do and just really enjoying the music that you are are putting out through your ministry. And I'm so looking forward to to digging in a little bit and talking today. I, I wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, I enjoyed your CCM Magazine interview that you did with uh, with John J. Thompson, and I enjoyed it for a couple of reasons, not only because um, I, I love CCM and, and have had a good relationship with 
with them over the years as an artist myself, but also because I graduated from Trevecca University several years ago. So it was oh, cool. Wow. It was cool to get to see my alma mater there in the background as you guys were talking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. and that, we, yeah, we love that campus, that new building. Uh, we, we've been there a few times. We've done a worship night there actually a couple of years back. And um, yeah, we love the school. Fantastic. Well, I, I know they were happy to have you as well there in that time. Well, you know, for those who may not know uh, much about community music and some of the work that you're doing, I wonder if you could kind of give us, uh, for lack of a better term, maybe like the elevator pitch of, you know, what is community music and your work there that you do? Man, uh, I you know, the elevator pitch is... Um... We are, a tr you know, the soundtrack of a movement, really. That's how, uh, you know, our, our, our lead pastor has kind of coined that phrase, um, you know, for, for community music. Um, and with that, I mean, we're, we're crafting songs that give language to our church, you know, to, for life and, 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 and for worship beyond Sundays and songs. So the songs actually work as a tool, but... Um, we're we're in the in the quote unquote business of creating culture, creating sure, worship sure. culture. At the end of the day, I think resuming mm -hmm. what we do, whether it's songwriting, whether it's uh, leadership development, you know, vision casting, whatever it may be, linking people together, worship people together, teaching people to step into worship, all of that, all of that, I think, resumes in creating worship culture for yeah. for both our our local church. Yeah. And then the global, the global church, as as God allows us to do. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Well, that's terrific. Well, and I I love the way that you had, say that one more time. The soundtrack for a movement, I think, is what you said. Yeah, soundtrack that's, to a movement. Yeah. yeah, that's a neat way to put it. I really I really yeah. like that a lot, and mm -hmm. and I love it because you know it really expresses what it is you're trying to accomplish uh, with <clears throat> your community as well, being that you're writing music for the, the people that you worship with and minister to. So we're going to talk okay. about that hopefully more in the show here in the next few minutes. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I I've, I've been asking a lot of people, and I and I'd love to hear both of your perspectives on this, Lucas and Evelyn, because, yeah. you know, we have this world that we're living in now um, because of COVID-19 and the way that it's stretching all of us who work in mm. church ministries, that we, we almost have this BC world, which I've heard people call before COVID, and then we have this <laughs> AC world after COVID, and which That's who crazy. knows what that looks like, but we're sort of right. like in, in middle COVID right now or whatever <laughs> that looks like. And so because of that, I mean, it feels like the way that we do ministry, all of us, it's changed. And it's made, in many ways, what we all do, in some ways, very similar. Um, but in some ways, it's really changed a lot of what we do. I'd love to hear from both of you, what has it been like, say, before the pandemic versus now? And what are some of the ways that you've really maybe kind of had... Uh, to stretch yourselves in new ways during this time where we're all doing things a little bit differently? Mm. Um, I, I'd say that um, the first word that pops to my, in my head is intentionality. Um, that has definitely, for this season, um, that has been something for, for all of us, as for us, for Lucas and I, and then for our, our church as well, just... Um, being intentional in seizing opportunities that we see in front of us, um, mm -hmm. new opportunities, things that maybe we didn't see before because we, you know, we have been doing church in a completely different way. Um, so I, I just feel like it's 
in a way simplified a lot hmm. um, a lot of things in how we um, how we approach um, in ministry uh, you know uh, kind of going back to basics I'll say for us like it's like being intentional with our neighbors and hmm. um, you know you know when we could before like the whole pandemic hit even before like sheltering place hit like inviting them over for because you know which our church um, we, we went online a little bit before sheltering place actually took place. Mm-hmm. Um, so having some people over in our living room to, to watch a service together and worship, I think that created a little bit more space um, and opportunity. Uh, and so it's, it's pretty much for us um, kind of keeping the main thing, the main thing and, um, and not being, um, what am, what am I trying to say here? Like just not being, uh, kind of going with the flow that we could find ourselves going because we've been doing something the same way for so long. Yeah. And, you know, and for so for us, it's taking creativity, it's taking intentionality. Um, and uh, we've always said this since even when it started, there's a lot of opportunity that we see arising. And mm-hmm. we've seen that um, in our church and how we do, you know, how we've been, been reaching out to others around us. Like we have an engagement team that will call people, pray with people, with our people here. You know, uh, we've developed something called Community Cares where, you know, we're reaching out and meeting the needs of, of our people and whatever those needs may be. Um, so, yeah, I, I would, do you have something to add to that? It's a tough season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a really hard season. I think um, we're all grieving whether we, we understand it or not, we're all, we're all grieving the loss of a world, the, lo- the loss of a way of, of, of life. Whether that way of life was good or not, that's kind of beside the point when it comes yeah. to losing something, right? I think you go through the grieving process. And uh, I think Evelyn is, 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 is correct in, in, in saying we have lots of opportunities. Uh, but it's almost like what I'm forcing myself to do lately and it's a stretch for me because I'm like a futuristic thinker. I I, I like to plan. I like to cast vision. I like mm-hmm. to just live in in the future, right? And um and in this season, I think I, I think God is teaching me uh, to live more in the now, to enjoy the now, to enjoy the process, uh, whether it is a grieving process, whether it is, whether it is some you know <clears throat> the process of of rethinking. Um, how to do ministry, rethinking how to do quote-unquote church on Sundays and beyond Sundays. We're going through all of that right now, and, and, and lots of it excites me because it's futuristic thinking. You know, just yesterday we were talking about, like, man, we're waiting for the future. We don't know what's going to happen. How do we make these decisions? And we're going, well, maybe we can make the future that we want to happen. You know, mm-hmm. if, we, if we start making decisions right now, you know, for the future that we want, maybe we'll get to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of that excites me. However, I, I feel like I'm being stretched right now uh, in being present in the moment and being present mm-hmm. with the people in front of me, uh, whether it's a conversation through Zoom or Skype or the digital world, or it's a conversation with with Evelyn or or, or one of our kids or you know family member. And there's something so special that happens when we are fully present in the space. And that for me is really hard. Yeah. I'm always thinking of the next thing, the next song, the next service, the next worship night, the next whatever. Uh, and I feel like God is stretching me right now, really reteaching me. I'm, I'm relearning that being present 
uh, that's where I find joy. Yeah. Um, that's where I find joy. Well, and thank you for saying that, by the way. We've we've talked on this show a few times about the grief that we're encountering right now. And, and yeah. not exactly – many of us don't even know that's what it is, but anytime we experience right. loss – um, we we're, we don't get those things back that we lose. No. It's like like when we lose a loved one, and when we lose you know other things in life that don't have to be people, just right. even a way of life. Um, right. off. I was talking with someone at our church about they were just discouraged about. Well, there's a birthday for my kid that you know we didn't get to have grandparents over, and we didn't you know right. who knows when they'll be able to come, and and we're all experiencing this loss. And I was just thinking I about. You know the 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 numbers keep rising, and, and yeah. you both right. minister in the Chicago area, and right. and what it, what it means for us as as people who try to lead worship in our communities too, um, and I th- I think the last time I checked in in just Illinois, not Chicago specifically, but I think just in the, the Illinois area, I kind of glanced earlier, and I think it's <laughs> it's getting close to maybe around eight thousand deaths just mm-hmm. in in that state alone, and yeah. and if we think about that as ministers like that's 8000 families that are grieving and and acquaintances and loved ones and, right. and, and there's a real moment for the church to to speak into that grief as well right. and right. and if we aren't people who have hope then our grief is sadness only but right. but to minister as as people uh who have hope i think it gives us something different to speak uh, into that moment as well and uh, yes anyway I, I just wanted to say thank you for expressing oh. that because i do think that's so important to to kind of put our finger on that that this is grief we're feeling you know in so many ways again without being present at least for me i actually don't see that i mm. i my, my eyes don't see it i just mm. go through you know and eh, that happened okay that's too bad <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean just being honest and then yeah. you move on. You're like, mm-hmm. and almost ministry. You know, I loved your question because at times doing things for Jesus, you know, trumps like being with him and being with others and loving him and loving others. And it's like this rat race within the church. And I've, I've, I've done that so many times mm. and I've led other people to do that as well. You know, mm. and, and it's just like a, a repentance moment for me. Like, yeah. man, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I need to grieve and I need to I need to to like you said, I love what you said about, you know, being sadness without hope um, is a very real thing. Uh, but I often don't want to feel any sadness, whether mm. it's for somebody else or, or for me myself. And I think it, it's a moment for the church to rise up in that way as well, like oh, really yeah. bear the, the pain of, yeah. of, of our neighbors, the pain <clears throat> of, you know, of the other. Yeah. And and I was thinking with all the writing that you that you both do, uh, this this might be a time that many of us as songwriters for for our churches, we might really find that books like the Book of Psalms, that which really really was the Psalm book of the church, we yeah. can really embrace some of those that are you know what is it forty percent of them are Love these minutes. songs just lamenting and crying yeah. out and and I think we see so clearly why that's so imp- important for the church. To be able to have songs to sing like that because we're right. in the midst of it. So, well, yeah. you know what? While we're talking about songs and songwriting, and, and I, I'm I'm loving what you guys are bringing today to the conversation. You have a, a great song that that you've co-written called "Nothing He Can't Do," which the uh, the, the song actually features Meredith Andrews, and she mm-hmm. does a, a beautiful job on it. And yeah. I said earlier I was listening to it before the show. 
And the song is about uh, anticipating breakthrough. And and by the way, for our listeners, I'll be I'll be playing the song at the end of our conversation today, so everyone can hear it and find <laughs> out more. And we're gonna make sure and have all the links on our website at voicesinmyheadpodcast.com so they can find it for themselves. But <laughs> but you know, the song is about anticipating breakthrough. And I imagine that. Uh, it was written probably before this pandemic hit, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. And and I wonder if in your minds, if you've been searching in any way, because I think I have in new ways, this yeah. question of what did it mean in our minds mm-hmm. if a breakthrough happened in <clears throat> say say in the midst of our congregation, a breakthrough of the Holy Spirit in some ways, yeah. pre-pandemic. Let's say that that before pandemic days, and now we're envisioning <laughs> in new ways. Like, is God stretching our imaginations in any way to reimagine? Like, what does it look like in in 2020 in the midst of a pandemic, <laughs> where often we can't be with people that we need to be with? You know, in these moments, yeah. what does it mean? Um, for God to stretch our imagination to see what a breakthrough might mean in a time like this. Maybe that's too difficult to to, to ask, but I, I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on that right now, maybe what God yeah. is teaching you and how he's shaping your hearts. Well, I love great the question. Qu- yeah, it's a great, great question. question. Um, well, Rick, I, I think even when we wrote the song pre-COVID, mm-hmm. I think the main idea of this song is that the breakthrough that we're we think we're looking for. So let's say, you know, <clears throat> diagnosed with a disease and I'm asking God to heal me. I mean, that's a huge breakthrough, right? Mm. But there is one bigger than that breakthrough or there is one bigger than, you know, getting the job that I wanted or, you know, um, whatever <laughs> breakthrough I'm looking for. And that mm. is the God of the breakthrough. Like when we, when we meet that God and we understand, like, that we bear his image in our hearts and our souls and every, you know, uh, ounce of my being, I bear that image. I think that's all that we need. So mm-hmm. I think we are being kind of forced holy in a holy way <laughs> mm-hmm. to remember mm-hmm. what we've already had since the beginning. We've always had it and it's ours and it's our inheritance through through the blood of Christ, mm-hmm. um, and and we've lost that. So I think even for worship pastors, we yes, talk about this all the time. Really in this season, yeah, I think we're being for, like we a lot of the times that we're leading, we're leading to a you know screen, you know, mm-hmm. and people are watching mm-hmm. it via that you know other screens. But really, it's the audience of one. Mm-hmm. It's ministering to to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, you know, and I. I can say I've, you know, when when we're in a room with 6,000 people, a lot of the times I'm thinking of the 6,000 people, and I, and it's not a bad thing to think about them, right? It's it's mm-hmm. not a, but but my number one job is to minister as a Levite, is to minister to Yahweh, to minister to our God, mm-hmm. and I think this season, I love how you asked the question, like the creative. You know, process in our brains and, and, and opening up the mind to see God in new ways, to mm-hmm. see, to receive God in new ways. He's always, the advent is always happening, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, again and again and again. I think right now he's moving. We, we're seeing he's not quarantined. So, so then it's up to us, I think, mm-hmm. in a sense, to like really open our eyes and see him moving i think that's the breakthrough whether it's on a walk whether it's you know in your quiet time of prayer whether it's watching something i mean he's always speaking he's always moving so 
I don't know if that answers your question, but to me, this is a huge thing the Holy Spirit is working in our minds right now. You know, sure. opening our eyes to see Him in a different way, you know, where maybe before COVID, it was like, you know, I have the one hour, one hour and a half on Sundays that I'll go meet God, you know, mm. <laughs> and I'll expect Him to move. And I think He's going, no, 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 I'm, I'm way bigger than this. And I want a relationship that's way broader, more <laughs> holistic than just a Sunday, just a few songs. Yeah, so. definitely. And uh, Evelyn, do you have any, any thoughts on that as well? No, I I totally agree. Um, yeah. You know, as as just go, I just sticking to that point of the worship pastor role or the worship leader role, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of us that have that specific role. I mean, you can either be a worship pastor and you're leading on Sundays, but you're also pastoring a team, or you're a worship leader who is on stage every Sunday, mm-hmm. um, and that is not the reality anymore. And I think we've all. I think we've all to some extent come to an identity crisis during this a little bit Mm -hmm. where, like I said before, like we have to go back to the basics and like keeping the main thing, the main thing in that, again, our identity is not what we do. And especially when, like Lucas was saying, you know, we now do our live stuff, you know, looking at a screen and who are we really who are we really ministering to and I, I think a lot of the times for us as worship leaders or worship pastors we are looking to our audience or to our congregation to qualify what we're doing hmm. you know um, and the the whatever we're getting from back from them is what qualifies us and not the opposite like we're we've already been qualified yeah. that you know what I mean yeah. um, and that's why we're doing it and God God will God is the one that qualifies so I feel like for a lot of us walking through this, I was having a conversation today um, with with two of the girls that I mentor, and one of them was struggling mightily with this because I think a lot of her, she was brought up with us like amazing worship leader, but she's now had to find ways to minister or to lead herself in worship Mm. um, outside of the stage and outside of Mm. her small group and that has been something for her that's been a huge awakening. And she's like, I haven't figured it out yet. But to the point that she's questioning what she's supposed to do in the future. She's like, I don't know if that's, you know, she wants to be a worship pastor. And she's like, I don't I don't know anymore. You know, so I think there's a lot of unveiling and a lot of exposing um, happening to all of us in, in our motivations and intentions mm-hmm. and what we really base our identity in. So I feel like that even without us praying for, that is like a huge breakthrough. And God is like, yeah. hey, let me show you the breakthrough that I have that I have in mind for you guys. And and it could be the healing. It could be the finan- financial breakthrough. It could be the, you know, relationship breakthrough. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, that I, I believe that he can bring those to you. But I, I feel like he is unveiling these breakthroughs that we didn't even pray for or we didn't, have, didn't even have in, have in mind in this mm-hmm. season for us, you know. Sure, and and isn't it interesting when so often the things that maybe look like a curse to us are, are so often these blessings in disguise? I, I I've been reading um, a book right now. It's called Making Loss Matter, and uh, it's, it's actually by a, a rabbi named Rabbi David Wolpe. It was written back in the '90s, but it's it's a really incredible book with so much good insight for right now. And one thing that he talks about in that book is. Um, that his wife was diagnosed with cancer uh, shortly after the the birth of their first daughter 
and said they were dealing with mm. um, uh, accepting a new a new situation in life right. and it mm. said that everything had to change for them they said if we if we went on pretending like nothing had changed mm. he said it said we would have been worse for it we wouldn't have gotten through it but he also mm-hmm. says something as they have learned to live with the new normal which makes me think so much about like our our, our present situation <laughs> in so many ways we've mm. got this new normal right and he said he said, speaking of the cancer, he said that his wife has become this whole new person. And she said, my wife, he said something to the extent of my wife, as well as so many people who have survived cancer, have come through it blessing the cancer. Mm. <laughs> because, because it opened her up to new ways of seeing God, to new right. ways of seeing the relationships around her. Uh, and I, I think it may be interesting, you know, maybe one of the breakthroughs that, that God has for us in these moments um, is is to maybe cut away some of the things that are not mm. God. You know, and I was thinking too about um, yeah. of just all these people that that right now are in hospitals, can't see family, you right. know, and are by themselves, or maybe they get one visitor a day or something like that. And yeah, and I keep thinking of well, if it's if it's not good news for them, then it's not good news. You know, mm. if it's if That's it's not right. good news for those who are suffering loss. That's and, right. So maybe maybe some of what God can teach us through this is is He is so real. I love how you had said Lucas a few minutes ago that God is not quarantined. No, <laughs> and and He can get through to all these places. Yeah, I'd, totally. I'd love to I'd love to ask you too as as songwriters and and I, I appreciate so much that your heart as songwriters is not just to write the next big hit, but you're you're writing for the kingdom wait, of God. Wait, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> Who told you that? Of course we're writing for the next big hit. <laughs> uh, let, me che- let me check my notes and go back. No, sorry. No, let's see. No, no, I, I, I love joking with you about it, but I know it's true. I know your heart oh, is, is that you truly are, are writing for the sake of the kingdom of God. And yeah. I, I wonder if as songwriters, if, if in any way this is also... Um, pushed you to write maybe in different ways. I, I think sometimes, um, and, and let me give you let me give you an example of, of a way in my own personal life. Uh, yeah. As you as you think about the question uh, of something God spoke to me about, I felt like many years ago, um, several years ago, um, my as my grandmother was dying in the hospital, she she had mm-hmm. lived a great life uh, at, at, for the Lord, you know, and she she yeah. never. Um, never had like tons of riches or anything. And at the end, um, she didn't have much to her name other than her family that was around. Yeah. And, mm. and one thing that we did was we sang songs, uh, and they were songs that, that she knew so well, they were songs of faith. And for her, it was, you know, it was songs might've been Gaither's He Touched Me or something like that. Mm. Or it might've been, um, we, we sang songs like song, just songs about grace, great hymns, you know, about yeah. you know, the goodness of God. And it occurred to me those were the songs that were lasting that were that we were singing around the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. And I just thought in that moment as a songwriter for the kingdom of God, I thought, Lord, help me in what I'm doing. If if my songs don't hold up around the hospital bed of a person dying, mm-hmm. then they yeah. then they probably don't hold up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, so it, and it totally changes our perspective on like why we're doing this and why we're writing right. these things because we're all uh, we're all equalized at some point by these things. So that so very true. long preface to that is I just wonder is God speaking to you in new ways throughout this situation? Maybe about your own writing and sort of even your own motivations for doing so. 
It's a great question. Um, you want me to go? Or? You can look and um, I think, A, we've been writing a lot. I mean, the last month we kind of took a little of, break. Yes, but the first five, four or five months of, of yeah. COVID. More we, than ever, actually. You wrote so much. <laughs> um which is which is great. We just felt like very early on, like I felt like the sense that we were gonna have uh, um, just some some creative juices flowing, you know, yeah, because of what terrific. was happening. It just felt that way. Like, all right, how do you how do you wrestle through this? Or one of the ways is songwriting. And, um, I don't know that it that the motivation has shifted. I think the language mm. in a mm. lot of our songs that yeah. we're, we're writing right now is very different. And I think there's like this motif of, um, and this is something that we've, fe- we've felt like God is, one of the things God perhaps is doing uh, is, is like this exodus, you know, from Egypt where idols mm-hmm. were, <laughs> were falling left and right and, yeah. you know. He, he 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 rescues his people. He he, in a sense, quarantines them from the rest of the world. It's supposed to be forty days. It ends up forty. <laughs> it ends up being forty years. Yeah. But he, there's like an isolation that happens. So I think there's a lot, you know, that that we can draw from that story. Yeah. So a lot of the songs that we are writing are songs about, you know, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Our songs about. You know, uh, you know, asking God to 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 um, to, to demolish our idols. idols yeah. You know, to demolish our idols. It's almost like there's there's a sense in in, in repentance in yeah. these songs as well. A turning around, a teshuva mm-hmm. kind of turning around, repentance. And um, so yeah, I don't know if, if the motivation I think has <laughs> has has stayed pretty much the same. We want to write for our local church, mm-hmm. give language to them so that it can they can connect. With the Holy One, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and if we say this out loud in in our rights, if God wants to take it beyond this room right. and into our church, Amen. Beyond that, it's His problem, not my problem. He hmm. deals with that. And um, but the language has definitely shifted, as it should, I think, right? Yeah, there's a common thing. There's I a common thing for I, sure. And something that I'll say, and I don't know. I mean, we never talked about this really, but I don't know if you agree. It it has been like the 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 first few months that we were writing um, during quarantine, it has it has felt more freeing in mm. a way because um, again we continue to write always to, to to give language to our local context, but we don't know what that's gonna look like. Mm. So the process, like we've always been really about the process, like Lucas said, we are about this moment with Jesus and how do we encounter. The Holy Spirit. How do we minister to His heart? How do we grow together with whoever we're writing? Like, how do we share? Like, it's different people with different journeys, different culture at times. And in that sense, uh, Rick, I think, and we, I learned this from um, from a friend who who uh, was from um, Harvest or mm-hmm. uh, uh, Vertical Worship, yeah. uh, Andy, uh, and he. I mean, it's fascinating, but he's like the the point of the song, right? The co-write is the co-write, mm-hmm. meaning hmm. there, there is it's like a worship service, a mini mini worship service, vertical and horizontal hmm. worship here, time of worship that um, 
yeah. hopefully we're encountering the Holy Spirit. That's yeah. Yeah. that's all it is. That, uh-huh. And if it goes beyond that moment, right. that's a blessing. I'm sorry, no, that's but okay. yeah. But if I feel like that was accelerated yes. way more in mm. that while we were in quarantine, like we always had that, but we were living it in yeah. a, in a way that is like. When are we going to be able to introduce these songs to our people? Right. We don't know what the future looks like. We don't know, you know, so, but we're still going to be faithful and we're still going to minister and we're still going to, you know, share experience and share language and, 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 and spend this time with, with, with the Lord here um, mm-hmm. and, and just really process these things through song and melody mm-hmm. and lyrics with other people that sometimes people that we've known sometimes like we've, because again, like we were talking about opportunity because of quarantine and like Zoom began, like we were writing via Zoom all the time and we got to write with people from all over that we, I don't know that we would have been able to in the amount, like the amount of times and in the short period of time that we did. So I think those things have definitely as songwriters has like those things have been, um, you know, we've been experiencing them. And I I want to say this too, in this season, even through the screen, even writing, and it's not the same, I mean, yeah. Rick, I don't know if you've ever done, like, tried to, yeah. you know, do, do over, over Zoom or Skype. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's not the same, but it, it works, right? And what was surprising, and I was just, as you were talking, I'm kind of going back to some of to the, our, yeah. some of the co-writes that we've had, and mm-hmm. they were such phenomenal, like, spirit-filled yeah. times, hmm. you know, uh, of prayer, of, like, earnestly going mm-hmm. after yeah. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and again, it's like we're here, Evelyn and I can't see us right now, but we're just sitting in our living room, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a pseudo studio space right now for sure. because of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like messy, but we're just here and, and we might be connected with somebody, you know, across the pond in England mm-hmm. or somebody in California or somebody in, yeah. uh, you know, Nashville or, or uh, Colorado. And, and like we are experiencing the, the power of the risen Christ Jesus together like that. That has been such a gift. I feel like our co-writes, if not all of them, most of them in this season were like these holy moments instead of like, oh, let's write, let's write a song. Right. So good. So good to know that. And I also just want one little thing that that I was thinking about. I think they're all, when we gather to write, like there is that, you know, like the common denominator is is Jesus, is, you know, the Holy Spirit. Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel that, because we're all going through the same thing, which is COVID. We were all quarantined. Right. We were all uncertain. We didn't know what the I we still don't. But you know, <laughs> even back then, it was even crazier. It was new, right? Yeah. If, sure. I think that so brought true. us together even more. I yeah, think there is a power in that, like living through uncertainty, through question, through doubt, through fear, through all of these things together. I think that brought all of us together in that process it's, even more yeah. it's a huge communitas yeah. moment not just community but like going through pain together hardship, grieving yeah. hardship yeah. together that that's a huge point baby. Mm-hmm. that's beautiful yeah wow well that's that's great to hear you, you know what before i go any further um i i had said when we started we'd probably try to go about 30 minutes but we've already reached that are you guys <laughs> uh, are you guys okay to go we're just good. a little bit yeah, longer good, man. great Definitely, I just always want to be conscious of uh, of my guest time for sure. <laughs> Thank um, you. You know, there, there's a couple things that that you 
said whenever both of you were talking and and uh, it brought up some other thoughts in me and and I was wondering about this because you have been writing so many songs and of course one of the great joys of any songwriter is to get to share their new song and it's <laughs> it's wonderful and it's scary and you know it's yeah. time to get to because in some ways um, I, I I don't know if you guys you at least know of him you you probably know him too but uh, Paul Balash yeah um, I've I've heard him say a number of times Paul's been a good friend over the years and and he's <laughs> uh, always describes it as it's kind of like unveiling your kid to the world and hoping they won't tell you it's ugly you know <laughs> type of thing or whatever and. Um, and and I was thinking about that just in this time. I know that that in our context, we we have started meeting back together in person a little bit, uh, but there's still like three different ways at my church where people can come. They can either come to our our parking lot service where we broadcast over the radio and people just stay in their cars, and then we have a social distancing you know kind of service inside, but everybody's kind of you know with masks on and, and separate from each other, and then we yeah. we broadcast online as well. So there's these different ways. And and I think this coming Sunday is the first time that I'm that I'm even attempting to uh, teach a new song <laughs> because because there's just this sense of like well I don't want to you know it's kind of hard to teach something when we're not sure even what it's going to look like next week right. so my question for you has has this been a time where you've felt free to to introduce any new music or have you has it kind of been like well i don't want to i don't want to throw too much new since we aren't meeting in the way that we have i'm I'm just curious how you've been able to to handle that especially with all of the new songs you've been writing more of the latter we actually we've done because it's so weird like when when you think i'm sure you think this way too but like introducing a new song like we'll take we'll take our time with it on a sunday like we'll teach them the chorus sometimes a little bit of the verse or the bridge whatever and like get them really like going it's like it's a meet and greet of sorts you know mm-hmm. and here's this something that we've been working on you know get them excited they're, they're usually excited and mm-hmm. we don't have that anymore so we are not meeting in person sure. in any way shape or form actually tomorrow is yeah. the first time in six months that we'll do a parking lot event a worship yeah. night mm. and we're super excited uh, for this first one, we won't teach introduce, an, introduce a new song yet, uh, but uh, we're planning a couple of you know, a couple a few worship nights in September, and that's when we'll start yeah. to reengage our folks in that sense uh, of of teaching original songs. We've done some some new songs, but again, it's like when I'm when we're leading like a Facebook Live thing, it just doesn't feel like. I can introduce anything. I can just yeah. sing something. So and we, so we've we've, we've done, done a couple of new songs that we've written, but we like it wasn't like this introduction, you know, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah. here it is. Let's let's learn this together. Let's uh, see how you sing it. Yeah, let's, that's always right. a great way to gauge it. Like, like hear how exactly. you sing it. Do you right. catch this? Can you catch it? Exactly. Yeah. So much of uh, of how we write for the for the congregation, we have to, we have these two little questions that we ask: Is it true? Right? Mm-hmm. Is what mm-hmm. we're singing writing? Is it true? And is it approachable? Is it something that our people can kind of like, you know, grab onto and like and, and really take beyond that, that time and space that they heard the song? But, you know, can it speak to them during the week? Can it motivate them to to uh, to, to shift habits and, and whatever it may be? But something that just sticks with them. And um, it's so hard to do that in the season, mm-hmm. at least yeah. for us. It's been yeah. so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I almost wonder if, you know, at the end of this 
we're gonna have just this uh, this avalanche of new songs <laughs> that people have been writing that you know haven't oh. had a chance to share them yet, and you know more than ever, it's just amazing. But I well, can't well, wait. Thank, yeah, to yeah, hear gonna, what's gonna come out of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Definitely. I think we're gonna we're gonna see some new and some rich things yes. that are coming from it yes. in this time. Um, well. Well. Thank you for for kind of sharing that. And I. It isn't it interesting how now, even though before pandemic we probably all had. I mean, we all have our own contexts anyway in the place right. that we worship. Some churches are small. Some are huge. Some are medium. It's been mm-hmm. interesting to me to talk with so many people from so many different places. How we all seem to be. It's kind of been the great equalizer, and we're all yeah. kind of doing it the same way now you right. know, together. Um, so it's it's good to be able to kind of share those those things, and even just to say to other people listening now that are maybe they're going, oh yeah, that, I'm I'm so glad somebody else understands and you know <laughs> kind of relates to what I'm going through right now. Because oh, again, it's so hard when you're interacting with a screen to know, right. you know how you're even connecting and stuff. Yeah. Well, th- this has yeah. been so much fun, and and at the end of our our conversation today we are going to share uh, a song uh, that, that you guys wrote that we've talked about today um and and uh, it, it's it's a shame we're, we're running out of time on my end anyway but i wanted to have a chance quickly if we could before we end our conversation together today i'd love to to hear uh, either or both of you talk a little bit about new thing your mm. the church planning network um because i know that that's such a vital part of the ministry that you do it's not just writing songs for the church you're actually uh, actively planting churches and I'm and I'm wondering also not only if you could tell us about that but has has the way that new thing has operated gone through a bit of a change as well because I have been wondering about people who plant churches if right now has been a good season for that or if it has been an even more challenging season for that yeah. kind of work Go ahead. You, you, with a new thing. Man, new new thing is one of the reasons, by the way, Rick, that we left. I don't know if we said this out loud or in your intro, but Evelyn and I are both from Brazil. And then we moved to Boston with our families and um, we met each other there, you know, six, 17 years ago, got married, had two kids, and then met this church called Reunion. And Reunion was the fifth church plant at the time from New Thing. This was. This was about 10 years, uh, 12 years ago it was planted. Um, we got to, you know, connect with that church, start serving there. We planted a second location. They, they hired us as, as the worship arts directors. And um, and so New Thing has been part of our, like, our our, 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 our minds, our conversation, our hearts for, for almost a decade, if not over a decade now. And um, it, it's one of the big reasons why we actually picked up and came to Chicago. We, are, we're, we we believe in church planning and multiplication so much. Uh, we, we do believe it's it's one of the, the tools given to us to advance the kingdom uh, here on earth. And New Thing is, has been doing amazing things. I mean, we're, I think you said this in the beginning, but you know, we're at 31 plus 100 churches in almost 40 different countries. Um, it, it, it's grown exponentially in the last five years. Basically, when we moved here five, you know, five six years ago, it was at 170 churches. So God has added to that wow. number in in amazing ways, and uh, it has shifted. COVID, one of the the most exciting things for us, for me, I think for you too, mm-hmm. have, um, is actually 
looking at a situation like this one that we have right now and going, how can we learn from this? But then how can we innovate? So right now, a new thing, and we're, we're here at Community, we're kind of uh, um, starting some, some, some of these new ways of doing church and with the hope of, of, you know, if it works here, it can work elsewhere. But we're really like mobilizing a church, our church like never before. So no, there's, we're planting more and more churches now and, and uh, we're thinking through it differently though. We're, we're, there, there has been a movement to like house churches, and uh, we're, we're, we're not a house church church. Uh, but this season has kind of, you know, forced or, or you know, <laughs> graciously yeah. nudged us into a, a direction of, of doing these hybrids where hmm. we can have, you know, a big, big, you know, we have 10 locations here in the, in the Chicago area, one in a prison you know, uh, two in the city and then uh, seven in the burbs. Um, and some of our buildings are very large. Some are smaller. We, we, mm-hmm. we go from, you know, 150 people at a, at a location to mm-hmm. 3,000 people at a location. So, um, but, the, but the, the engine behind what we're doing, where, when before it used to be like, when we're going to plant a church, we need all this money, we need all, you know, all these resources you know, uh, you know, we need to hire this kind of person, this worship pastor, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And now we're going, man, we can do these three C communities. It's what we call them, which are basically mm-hmm. micro churches. We could do this all over the world. And, you know, now I have I need one leader, you know, because we can resource them with even like the Sunday recordings, you know, the messages and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Small group content. We can we can give them all sorts of resources. But now we don't have to be there, you know. And, and yeah. they, they could be partnering with us and planting a church, one, two, three in a city, you know, at, meeting at their homes and like the it's low budget, the, you know, the, the, the overhead is super low. So there's yeah. there's lots of exciting, exciting <clears throat> things happening in that world right now. Uh, it has been a gift. Uh, again, people people have died. This is I mean, it, it, it's beyond. um I mean, it's beyond sad. It's like devastating what this virus has done. People have lost their mm-hmm. jobs. Families are, are struggling all over the world. We're all kind of hurting in this together. But yeah. in the chaos, and it feels like this is how usually God works or, or how he yeah. shows up in big ways. In amid, you know, Amidst the chaos, amidst the uncertainties, he is certainly moving, man. And I think he's opening our minds to something that we've perhaps missed, Rick, in how yeah. to do church, um, you know, whether it's on Sundays or beyond Sundays, in how to love people, in how to serve Him better, in how to expand <laughs> the kingdom, and um, yeah, new new thing is 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 like the <laughs> it's it, it's it's something that we hold very dear yeah. to our hearts, you know, and, and near near our hearts, Evelyn and I, um, and it's it's what's next for us too. I, I know we don't have yeah. time, but it's like a new thing, music, new thing, worship. That's what we want to do next. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and in that sense, community music is all, almost like the first step, because what we want to see, Rick, is like 100, 200 different kind of community music, quote unquote, across yeah. the globe, you know, kind of like the Vineyard movement was. And that's mm-hmm. that's the vision for us. And mm-hmm. um, we've 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 been blessed enough to 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 have the foundation of new thing to actually even spark that vision in us. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful to hear that, and thank you for for sharing. I, I love I love hearing about healthy uh, churches that are doing 
church planting, you know. So often we hear of churches that have just kind of settled in, and uh, we're us, and that's enough. And so I'm so glad to to hear about the ways that God is moving uh, through Community Christian and and New Thing, and and you guys, you're all doing it together. And, you know, uh, just as a closing thought here today, as you were talking Probably throughout our whole conversation today, I keep having um, a lyric from the late great Rich Mullins going mm. through my mind, and mm. uh, and it, and I think it applies also to our to our writing, to our ministering, our church planning, and all of it. Yeah. And it's from a song that he wrote called "Hard to Get," and mm. in, in one of the lines, really, the song is a is a lament song that's questioning God about a lot of different things. But right. At the end of the song, there's a line that just keeps coming to my mind. And he's saying to God, he says, I can't see how you're leading me unless you've led me here where I'm lost enough to let myself be led. And <laughs> and I, I've always thought that's a great line, but more now than ever. You yes. know, how, how, don't we all kind of feel that way that yes. maybe we're just we're lost enough to let ourselves be led uh, <laughs> at this yeah. point? You know, what a gift and, of freedom that is, man. Yeah, yeah for sure. Wow. Well, Lucas and Evelyn, this has just been a real joy. I, I feel like in some ways we've only scratched the surface of what we <laughs> could continue our conversation, so hopefully we can do a follow-up in the coming yeah. days. Yeah. But thank you both for being here. I'm I'm going to uh, close the show today by playing the song Nothing He Can't Do. Is there anything before we, we close out and say our final goodbyes that you would like to share with our listeners that we haven't covered that you're feeling is very important and you want to today? Do you have something? No, I don't think we talked a lot. Like, we love talking about worship and, like, the sure. worship culture. And mm. so I'll just say this super quick because we are, you know, strapped with time. And, uh, but, man, worship is, is – it just feels like it has to be beyond music, you know, songs and Sundays, Rick, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and, and I really want this. Like, it's it's like one of the, my, my, my heart's desire is to see the, the church in North America, the church – yeah, uh, across the globe, uh, really looking at worship as something that that goes beyond just music, uh, but something that really transcends every area of their lives. Something that um, you know, changes how how we think, how we choose, how we make our yeah, how we make our choices, how we how we talk to people, how we communicate, how we how we do everything, mm-hmm. how we do everything. And sometimes I think we sell it short um, and. Maybe we should expound on this next time we get together. <laughs> sure, for, for sure. <laughs> well, thank you, both of you. This this has been a real treat. So, uh, Lucas and Evelyn Cortazio, thank you for being some of the voices in my head this week. Aww, thank you, Rick. Thank you, Rick. <laughs> well, we're going to close now, and here is Nothing He Can't Do, which features Meredith Andrews and uh, ri- co-written uh, by my guests today, Lucas and Evelyn Cortazio.
Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, follow my blog, and even schedule me for a concert or a speaking engagement. Better yet, even a book signing in your neighborhood. You can find all that and more at rickleejames.com. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast will be online. And now, for the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head.